Welcome to the Salted Podcast, where we are translating and transforming our view of politics, pop culture, and personal preferences. In this episode, we discuss boycotting. What is it? Who's doing it? And is it something that we want to embrace as gospel-centered people who are trying to salt the earth? Well, let's get salty. Welcome to the Salted Podcast. My name is Yoan. And this is Dan. And we are talking about boycotting today. So, if you're boycotting the Salted Podcast, don't... Stop it. Yes. Turn it off now. Stop it. <laughs> it was the worst intro ever. Boy, don't boycott us because of that intro. But we are talking about boycotting. And we're talking about, you know, what are boycotts? What does it look like? Should Christians do it? Shouldn't they do it? And then at the end, we'll talk about whether or not we actually do it in our personal preferences and what companies we boycott. Oh, man. Or if we boycott. Right. So, so welcome, gentle viewer. And um, how many of you boycott things is a big question. How many things, how many, how many times do you find yourself boycotting things in your life or even use the term boycotting in general? I know for myself, I often instinctively think boycotts don't work. And every time I read that they are working or that there's some fallout from them, I'm mildly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just think some of these companies are so huge and that my little, I mean, I feel like a very small person a lot of times when I'm chatting with Amazon. I'm like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my <laughs> mom and shop somewhere else. <laughs> and it feels like, well, what's the point, right? right. So the question is, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about about boycotting and see what, you know, we'll we'll look at the big picture and say, well, what is boycotting? We'll we'll look at the picture and say, what who's doing it? Why are we doing it? Why would we do such a thing? Does it work? And then is it even something that fits into the gospel worldview and how we're going to live differently? And maybe even what are the different underlying worldviews in terms of why people would want to boycott? Yeah, I mean, that's the target, right? The, to answer the question, uh, should I be doing boycotts? And if I'm not, um, why am I not doing it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, the question is living with a level of intentionality. Yeah, I want to do things on purpose, and we want to do it to honor God and to salt the earth. And how does boycotting fit into that? So what's in the news for boycotting? The big, big news around boycotting is um, there's a couple companies, large companies that are in the news in terms of why we're actually talking about this. Boycotting has been around for a while, but there's a couple big ones. Um, specific to, um, well, there was a, a little bit of a, um, well, I guess a, a couple different things happened. So the company Bud Light kind of started it off. They started off the most recent um, deluge of boycotting and they started off because on international women's day, they decided to put um, a physiologically male human named Dylan Mulvaney who um, identifies as a girl um, and put her, him in fact, put him on the can of give him his own special Bud Light can. And that was compounded by the marketing director in a zoom call recorded zoom call saying that um, she felt like it was her job to, um, reform the customer base of Bud Light and viewed the brand as pretty fratty, so she viewed it as her job to help kind of um, oh boy. advance and mature the brand. So that's why they went a little bit more basically to, the, to inform them and um, um, help them. Um, what's the word? Um, illum- uh, illuminate. Yeah, maybe illuminate. Right. Good one. <laughs> yeah. To um, to take these. Let me put it this way. She probably is is in, not intending to, but this is how they hear it. Right. She's got elite uh, illuminated thinking, and she's going to enlighten yes. these dumb right. brick frat, frat boy par- yes. uh, customers. Yeah. Yes, that must have landed perfectly. Yes. Um, and again, it's interesting because it's Bud Light, right? When you think of Bud Light's customer base, it's generally everybody. I mean, most, a lot of people drink Bud Light wherever you go, whatever bar you go to, it's usually an option. Um, but it's it's usually, I mean, when you look at their commercials and stuff, they, I mean, Budweiser's got the Clydesdale horses and this Pro-America. I think of stuff like NASCAR racing yeah. and even just going to like the Dome and a football game, right? There's always a Bud Light. There's yeah. always, and people are always drinking that, right? And so they started by, on International Women's Day, that's what they did. They put Dylan Mulvaney, gave him his own can, and um, that was a big to-do, compounded by the marketing person who came out and said, yeah, um, our customer base is fratty. We got to reform them and enlighten them. So that started a pretty well organized um, boycott of the Bud Light brand. 
Now, Bud Light's not the only one who was boycotted recently. Also, Target was the subject of, and this is kind of like the, uh, I guess we would say the conservative-leaning side of things, right? The Republican conservative-leaning boycotts. There's other boycotts in history, but these ones are, are specific to maybe the conservative-leaning side. But Target, um, um, during Gay Pride Month, um, they decided to prominently display pride children's clothing and accessories that turned out to be designed by a Satanist transgender activist, which included tuck bathing suits was kind of like the big deal was right. bathing suits for um, essentially boys who identify as girls so they can tuck their genitalia and they can right. um, they can be perceived as, as, as girls. And so this was a big um a big issue because there is again there's one thing about prominently about you know advertising and and being pride friendly there's another than to highlight the work of a individual who is a satanist and a transgender activist who's really working to not just uphold and celebrate the pride month and and the lgbtqi plus community but to really dismantle the other side right. of things, right? So um, so they were, Target was the, the subject of a massive boycott. Um, some of the things that came out of that was, I mean, everything is measured in, these are companies, right? Publicly traded companies. And so Budweiser being a massive company, the parent company that sells Bud Light, um, Bud Light was the number one selling beer in oh the my. entire country. Um, they are now, have been um, dethroned by Modelo, which I'm not, I mean, you're not a beer drinker, but I'm I was not. surprised. Like Modelo, okay, all yeah. right. Um, Never but, even heard of it, honestly. Yeah, well, they get. I mean, they got good commercials, right? Um, so Budweiser's stock overall dropped fifteen percent. That doesn't um, sound like a lot until you start yeah, seeing right. what that translates yeah, it was like, to. Oh, fifteen percent. Well, that's a translation to eighteen billion dollars. Oh my goodness, eighteen billion dollars, give or take. Whoa. Um, and more recently, um, they got what is called the Star of. Death oh, at the Costco. Star? Yeah, at Costco, which yeah. means if you go to Costco, if you're a Costco, you I mean you're a Costco aficionado, yeah. and if you go and you see on the the little label with the price, if there's a star on it, you buy it, buy it because it's discontinued. Right. So Bud Light oh, is now boy. being removed from Costco because of sales. Um, Target, um, Target went down at fifteen percent as well, but their market cap is not as big, so they only dropped they only dropped a peasley measly eight bill, <laughs> oh my eight gosh. billion dollars. So, and other things happen in Target. I mean, in certain states, Target um, was was directed to put the pride displays instead of being up in the front of the store with all these clothes. They were moved to the back of the store. Right. Um, and that was state by state. So, depending upon what the company thought the reaction would be. So, and I think I was reading that Starbucks got themselves in trouble with their employees because they were they were uh, rumored to have been telling managers to minimize their pride month uh paraphernalia right does that, does that sound right to you do you remember coming across that yeah it was funny because i mean we were talking about boycotts we I, mean, I mentioned this as a bit of a we were talking about the conservative side of boycotts but ironically in this whole thing i mean starbucks is a good example is that there was a response to say well this is not as positive as, po as we think so they in starbucks case i think the uh some of the workers said that they were informed not to to prominently display their pride paraphernalia which again <laughs> it what's the word i'm looking for it created a ops opposite boycott yeah. in response right? right they said so the pride community was like wait a minute what yeah. so they got all up in arms and target actually you know there were some stories about target getting bomb threats and everyone's like oh they're getting bomb threats from these boycotters it actually turns out they were transgender activists who were sending bomb threats to target saying you better put those displays put back, back up and yeah, how dare yeah. you succumb to these wow. um, bigots so so all to say is these are big kind of seismic um, moves in um, boycotting, and they're 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 causing some real financial pain for some publicly traded companies. And again, if you are in the business world, all you care about is the price of your shares. Right. That's the end all be all of pretty much everything, except for w with a couple of um, exceptions. And so that's the kind of the cultural hot. <laughs> hotbed issues right now but every both sides are boycotting everyone's kind of going back and forth and some of these companies are caught in the middle so the question for us is as christians is okay well should we be participating in these boycotts right. and if so or if not how does that help salt the earth and um live a gospel-centered life where where the advancement of god's kingdom right. is primary and people are um see Jesus in a more clear and more beautiful way. Yeah, and I think that's a hard, that's a 
complicated question. And I think uh, obviously that generated this episode for us, but I think that for most people, the answer is not obvious. Right. right? Yeah. I think that there are some probably who are listening who would say, well, they have a knee-jerk reaction. They're going to definitely boycott and go all in because they want to uh, participate. And then I think there's probably another knee-jerk reaction, which is I don't boycott anything. Right. I'm not a boycotter. So the question is, ought we be? Should we be? And right. why? Why should we be or why shouldn't we be? Right. And that's, uh, that's what we'll dive into today. Yeah. So here's, let's take a look. Well, let's just make sure we have the common definition, right? What is actually boycotting? Yeah. What's the textbook definition? Um, and uh, what's the situation we're in? So first of all, the boy- boycotting defines. So this is the textbook definition. So it is to abstain from or act together in abstaining from using, buying, dealing with, or participating in an expression of protest or disfavor or as a means of coercion. Mm. So... Again, you abstain or you act together, and that's usually generally the, the yeah. kind of like the more more important part of boycotting is that it's an organized um, movement of sure. people. Yeah. Um, and really, the, the big thing is it's a means of coercion. Now, we don't really like the word coercion, but it is a means essentially to say you are going to do right. or not do something because right. I am going to force you to do it. There will be For- consequences. Forceful persuasion. Yes. Yep. Um, and so that's what we're talking about. So... The question then becomes, I think, I mean, like I said, boycotting has been around for a while. And who, I mean, like we hear about these boycotts. We hear about $18 billion worth of um, of stock reduction in the value of, of Budweiser stock, right? That's a lot. But who, like, who are the people who are actually participating in yeah, the boycotts? Do we, do we think that most boycotters are um, conservative, far-right uh, like moralists, right. is that our is that our perception? Right. Or are they far left activists right. who are just who are in the same realm of like the throwing paint on right. Mona Anti- Lisa's Antifa. and anti yeah, that, yeah. that kind of stuff, right? But we actually have some some data on this. So who boycotts stuff? This is fun. We'll go through and you can kind of in your own mind. It's always fun to challenge your own assumptions of what we think about things. So college students. Yep. Yeah, that's what a lot of people think, right? Mm-hmm. But. Here we go. We'll do uh, seven different categories. Okay. Um, generation. So who do you think is the... I guess you're looking at it. So who would you think is the most boycotting, right? College students, you um, said? Yeah. I would probably say... Um, man, millennials, maybe. I Definitely not boomers. I think... Well, maybe boomers. I would say boomers. Oh, okay. Yeah, so here's the lowest, right? About 27% of millennials... Um, boycott or okay. boycott stuff. Um, around twenty eight percent of Gen Z people boycott stuff, which is interesting because yeah, how many yeah Gen Zers are just loaded with money? They just don't they just don't right. buy stuff. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Um, boomers comes in next, about one in three boomers, and then around thirty three percent of Gen Xers are boycotting. So there I am. There you are. You are the boycotting yeah crew. So so yeah. So but. Again, generationally, anywhere between like twenty six to thirty two percent of people are, are of the population are boycotting. So one in three people are boycotting, regardless of their generation. Right? Race. Um, who is boycotting the most? Um, I'll tell you who's boycotting the least. About twenty three percent of uh, the black community is boycotting. Wow. Um, the white community, thirty percent, and Hispanics are actually the ones that's coming surprising. out number number one that and boycotting. Is surprising. Yeah, I I don't know why that's surprising to me, but I guess it is surprising. Um, I just guess I thought it was just a bunch of uppity white people who just wanted to boycott stuff. Huh. So, income. This is a fun. This is good, right? Um, under, if you're under fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, um, you don't care about that. Yeah, you're at twenty two percent. Twenty three percent of people are boycotting. Your mind is on other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, fifty thousand to a hundred thousand, you jump all the way up to thirty six percent of okay. the. And then if you go a hundred thousand dollars plus, you're at like forty three percent. Okay, you're almost half of that group of people who are. Yeah, so so far we've got Gen X, Hispanic Gen Xers making a hundred thousand plus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, ideology. So, what's your ideology? If you are a moderate, this is no surprise. If you're moderate, you're in the lowest end. You're yeah. like twenty two percent of people are boycotters or moderate. I wish you'd ask me to guess that that yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you're a moderate and you care about nothing, then you're not, you're not boycotting. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're a cons- conservatives, 32% uh, of boycotters are conservative. And coming to number one, 44% wow. of boycotters are liberal. I don't know if I would have guessed that. Yeah. 
Uh, gender, more males boycott than females. 30% of males and 27% of females. Mm-hmm. So men are boycotting more. Again, I don't know. It That seems wow. not what I expected, but it's pretty close. Education, this is a massive, massive disparity, right? If you do not have, if you have less than a college education, 22% of people are boycotting. You also don't care. You're focused yeah, on sure other stuff. I care about other things. Bachelor's degree, 40%. And postgraduate, which is you know, doctoral type mm-hmm. of things, 50%, 50% of those people are wow. boycotting stuff. So, and uh community, where do you live? The rural community, again, I mean, like this is not surprising. The, the rural communities, about 23% of people are boycotting in the rural community. Um, suburban is next at a just a little over 32%. And then the urban, the urban community is uh, boycotting as well. It makes Imagine. me wonder if our listeners really even care at all about boycotting you as they look at that profile yeah like, who is our who is our yeah <laughs> our listeners are like uh yeah we should have looked, looked at this before we did our episode yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes well let's just end it now whatever they're not even listening anyways mm-hmm. um so what's the takeaway really the kind of takeaway is people with time and options boycott stuff yeah, yeah. so if you have time on your hands where you are making more money you mm-hmm. have you're if you're a postgraduate or you make more money um or even if you're a little bit older you probably are out of those like crazy i'm raising young kids type of a uh, yeah. area of life you got more time and um options and it makes sense that the people who are boycotting have some economic spending power that they are leveraging yep. right so that's what they're saying they're saying i have this power of spending because right. of my income level yep. my postgraduate education so i have some uh per- potentially i have something to leverage right. there exactly the, yeah. the yeah the option i have an option both i mean it's interesting if you go in like the rural or really urban communities there's not very many options in terms of stores that you can right there's not it's not like you're living in a rural community you're like oh let me just go to the other walmart general the other store, giant general yeah, store yeah, all <laughs> the, so um but then also like you said money right monetary options to say i can go yeah. uh, other places um so people with time and options boycott stuff um and so the question is well why do people do this right. and essentially what, why are we why are they acting coercively right right yeah well, what definition. are they leveraging and yeah um so why if these are the people who are doing it not you apparently dear listener because <laughs> but the other people you know but even considering it why would we act coercively why would we try to force a company to do something or not do something and what are we actually coercing coercing them with yeah right um, and coercion is legitimate use of power. It's a legitimate thing, right? We, I do it with my kids all the time. Of course you do. Yeah. I mean, if you do not do this or you, then yep. there are consequences, right. right? I will leverage my power all over you. That's right. Yep. Um, and so what is the coercive element in this? And I think the, obviously the coercive element is money. It's got, it's just, it's financial gain or loss right. in all of these cases. It's, I'm going to spend my money somewhere else. And that's kind of the assumption that there's a zero sum game in this is that, that just simply means if I don't buy it from you, I'm going to buy it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, it's not, I'm just going to stop doing stuff. Hmm. Like, let's take Bud Light, for example. Like, there's a reason Modelo is the number one beer company in the world. It's, it's not because people said, I'm going to not drink Bud Light and not drink beer at all anywhere else. Right. It's, I'm going to drink a different kind of beer. Yep. So I'm going to just give my money somewhere else. And in the competitive landscape of capitalism, it's that's like a, a big double deal. double whammy. It's a double whammy. Yeah, not only are you not giving me your money, but you're giving it to somebody else, yep. um, which is, again, if you're someone's going to buy their stocks more, there's going to be more uh, attractive investment. Um, so why would I do it? Well, because it's it's really just boils down to financial gain. Like I want, I want to coerce that person to make more money and make as much money as possible. Um, but it usually is, that's usually not our methodology, why we would boycott people. We usually boycott people because of the philo- the philosophical or the principled approach behind it. Right. right. People are boycotting Bud Light not because they want to spend more money or they want to spend less money. It's because they want to say, Bud Light, we value the fact that women are women we have a philosophy of what a woman is right. and that you would diminish uh, yeah. women on international women's day by putting a dude on the can is a problem for us so it's kind of a it's a direct attempt to coerce a certain morality a yeah, change in yes, morality exactly and so i think that's the critical component of saying well yes we are actually if you're trying to boycott something you're trying to change the way people think about stuff or the way that people 
certain behaviors, some sort of moral action or activity. Um, now, if you get into the if we get into the why about things, I think this is kind of like the interesting part where we get into the like when you think of Bud Light as a great example, like why in the world would Bud Light do this? That was literally my first question. My first question was not should they do this. I was like, what right. would motivate them? To get in this culture war, what right. what in the world would motivate them? Yeah. clearly there's answers. Yeah, they're just not obvious. Yeah, I think for us as individuals or as movements, like the reactive boycotting, some of those reasons are pretty clear. It's like, well, we can answer the why. I mean, it's clear to see why we're react people would react to Bud Light or why they would react to Target. But why would a company that is interested in in money and making money? Why would they delve into the into this pool of yeah. culture war or cultural churn, um, are they just ignorant to think that it's all going to work out and no one's going to have a problem with it? Well, yeah, and here's another one. Uh, you know, and think of this. We just You just referred to this um, marketing executive right, yeah. who, for whatever reason, felt compelled as a marketing director to sell a product, which was a beer, and still at the same time felt compelled to retrain and to almost indoctrinate their customers right. because um, they didn't th- they thought they were ignorant about a certain topic, right? right? Yep. Or a certain people group or a certain market uh, of their customer. Yeah. That is a really, really interesting um, strategic decision. Right, yeah. And then it, it, and it's funny because you could see that at the marketing, the chief marketing level, like you're like, okay, well, that's there's an ideology behind it. Again, yeah. that's what we're insulted. We're in the business of looking at the worldview behind it, right. right? And that's the worldview behind that. Ironically, when you look at the, the response by the CEO and some of the other things, like that person has since been fired. The team has been fired. And that person can go on their resume and say, I am worth negative $18 billion to the next company she wants to work at. Um but the response from the CEO wasn't really, it wasn't like a deeply held principle response. Like we, we agree with, we stand behind these because of the principles or it wasn't, we fired this person because, or put them on a on leave of absence because we don't, be, we believe in these principles that men are men or women and women. Are. Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was a wishy washy, like, well, we, um, you know, they didn't even say like the generic answer of we think that we want to market our product to everybody. And right. we think we just, we're, we're a beer company. We just want to sell to everybody and feel yeah. like everybody can right. buy our beer. Like if they had said that, I think most people would be like, okay, you're a beer company. You want yeah. to just sell to everybody. Yeah. You, you just made a misstep on your market. Yeah, we don't just want you drinking our beer. We want your neighbor and your neighbor's right. neighbor. And, right. And so yeah. the, like the companies, it doesn't seem like their perceptions or their, these, these marketing campaigns, they're not driven by deep, like feel philosophical theological worldviews they're driven by we want to make the most money and we don't yeah. want to we don't want to make anybody mad um and so the question is again why would if you only care about money don't you realize what you're doing and i think this is you know not to get into some really deep political global you know, economic stuff here but you, know, you when you get into the why behind the what i think it's important for us as christians to realize that it's not. I mean, there are some companies where they are trying to push a. Disney's a good one. They're. they I think they've been. They're on record of saying like, we don't really care about the money. We're pushing an ideology. Yeah, right. Right. Um, Target maybe a little bit more so than Bud Light, but if you look at these examples, like they're not pushing an ideology. They're mm-hmm. not. That's not their goal. Their goal is to make the most money possible. And if you look and you're trying to ask why would they do this, well, the answer is because they are a company and they are a company that deals with banks and they're a global company that is getting rated on their inclusivity their diversity and specifically their uh, what is called an esg score so they have a score that qualifies them for more capital or less yes so yes so they desirable have a, yes. lender or um, borrower or right. a less desirable right. borrower yeah. does yeah. that sound right exactly and if you're if you don't know anything about esg the e is environmental so how do they act environmentally right mm-hmm. what's their score in that c is social or s is social so it's how do you deal with an example mm. like this of the social issues and yep. diversity and stuff and g is governance which is your compliance essentially with government corporate structure and and, and and governmental law oh boy right so you get a score every company gets a score and if you don't if your score is not high enough your a bank's not going to lend to you because that's the paradigm in which they are they're using to lend money out similarly the you know it's like the what is it the um the there's some organization the human rights campaign or something like that international human rights but they also give it like a diversity equity and inclusion score to to companies and if you 
if you don't do stuff like they did with Dylan Mulvaney or they don't do like the pride stuff with Target, your diversity, equity, and inclusion score goes down. Right. So people, you know, again, people will boycott you because you're not right. committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so the other side will boycott you. So there's a couple of... And I was reading that there was a global meeting of major CEOs, right? Um, uh, uh, Sachs, uh, Goldman Sachs, and you know, City and and uh, J.P. Morgan or whatever. Just a global collection of CEOs who signed a document, basically saying that they are committed to improve the the globe, right? Through environmental investment, social investment, and government investment, right? Yep. right? So they are on the hook. Uh, in a in a on paper saying they're going to be a part of this coalition of global um, societal improvement, and a part of that is to raise their ESG scores. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and so if you don't know anything about ESG, you know, go research it and, and read up on it on your own. But there are there are some like four major banks in the world, and those are the ones who kind of give the capital to these major... I mean, again, if you lose 15% of your market cap and you've lost $18 billion, right? if you do the math, you're at a $130 billion. And how many banks are out there that can actually give you money? There's not very many. So you, the the company is limited to the, the places that they can get financing. Right. And so they are kind of put in a bind of saying, okay, well, we have to comply with this. Some of them do. They want to. They want to highlight these people. They want to highlight these ideologies. But for the most part, they're not really pushing an ideology. So that should inform us as Christians in terms of how we embrace the boycotting culture. That doesn't mean we give these people um, endless amounts of grace and be like, oh, well, they have to, so whatever. Um, but it does help us view, it's like, who's their customer, right? It does change the perception of, like, whose opinion do they care about most? Like, we do live in a capitalist society. We vote with our money. But the question is, like, is a boy? I mean, is a boycott even effective enough to garner enough money to make a difference when these people are borrowing tens of billions of dollars? And how much can a boycott muster, right? Well, in Bud Light's case, it's a lot. Um, but so, what again, so that's the ins and outs of what a boycott is and who does it and, and what it is and why we do it. But the question, none of that matters other than should we do it as Christians? Like, why right. does this even matter to us? Yeah. And is um, it only about crippling them financially, right? That's not really why, if you if you could imagine, Christians would primarily boycott less about an economic impact, but more to coerce towards a certain morality, right. their morality. Yeah, exactly. And there's a couple, yeah. there's like three things, I think, why does this matter to us as Christians? Mm -hmm. And why do we, how can we, why do we look at it? And you'll tell us how we transform our world, but yeah in terms of translating it, like what are the big questions we should be asking in this? I think the first one is, yeah. as Christians, are we going to be primarily known for what we are against as opposed to what we are for? Sure. And man, the boycott says we're against this. Yes, the boycott, yep. yes. It's very few, like if we're trying to be winsome and help the other side see Jesus and the gospel more clearly, and even what it means to be a human, the human flourishing, sure. how do we think God designed the world for human flourishing? You know, boycotting is one of the ways, but it's really they're not gonna they're not gonna hear about all the stuff we're for. They're just gonna hear about all the stuff we are against. Yeah. Uh, the second one is um, if we are kind of in the boycotting realm, it kind of keeps us in the reactive instead of the proactive posture. Yep. So we're not salting the earth from a proactive. We're gonna go and be a part of things. Playing defense. Yeah, we're playing defense, and we're again we're just reactive. And the third thing is is that boycotts usually. Don't hurt just the company we are aiming right. at, but it hurts a whole bunch of other because of the interconnectedness of our economy. It hurts a whole bunch of other right because uh, we people. know. I mean, Christians who are in the boycott business have to kind of think through that there are vendors and partners that are collaborating with these businesses who are also Christians and Christian families, right. or that who do share your morality. Yep. We'll say it that way, I guess, yeah. and that. Um, you know, how far does boycott expand without um, denunciation of the original uh, offender? And by doing that, uh, you're also obviously affecting uh, the all the fallout partners and, and vendors and, and distributors and so on, right? You think about Bud Light has families who we may know and love and cherish in our own neighborhood and our own families and even in our own churches who are dependent because they're distributors yeah. or because they work at a uh, factory or packaging factory, right? And 
um, and that yeah. kind of time invested is like, is this the gospel worldview? What about all the Christians living incarnationally in the marketplace and they're creating incredible things that get discontinued because of a boycott? I mean, that's got to be considered. It may right. not be, you know, epidemic or epic in size and proportion, sure. but it has to be considered. Yeah, it's, I mean, Bud Light's a good example of, you know, Coca-Cola's a good example. This is a lot of, some people boycotted Coca-Cola a couple of years ago because of some pretty significant diversity, equity, inclusion endeavors. But the, you know, Coca-Cola and Bud Light are bottled by independent distributors who are local business people. Right. And so the local business people um, kind of came up and they were like, uh, wait a minute, this is a, this is a, this is a this is a um, mothership type of a marketing endeavor, yes. and you're killing us right exactly. now. And they, they kind of came out and said, "We do not agree with that." But again, there's nothing they can do about it because the boycott is impacting them. That means there's less people are buying stuff. That means they're bottling fewer fewer uh, beers, and they're distributing fewer beers. Right. And so it's impacting local people. And like you said, we are impact. Are these people Christians? Probably. Um, are there you know, targets a good example. Yeah, for every Satanist transgender activist who's creating right. paraphernalia, there's probably some good Christian people who are creating some great content, and they're yeah. trying to live our incarnationally, be a part of the marketplace, right. and kind of advance their, their where they're trying to salt the earth, and where and the boycott is is, you know, destroying their business. Yeah, and by when we say by, when we say cr- they're also Christians, what we mean is they share the values that you're trying to boycott sure. and coerce towards right, right. already. Yeah. 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 And obviously that could be people who are Christian or people who are not Christians right. who do share your values and there's no need to coerce them. You're coercing the company, but that coercion is, 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 uh, right. um, has some serious weighty impact. And so right. there, I mean, what's the biblical worldview solution? Uh, I wish it wasn't, I wish it was clear. I wish it was obvious. Um, we do have a tension, and this question is important, Yon, because I think everybody, at least at some level, asks the question, is my consuming this product the equivalent of being complicit? Right. Right. If I'm shopping at Target, am I advancing tuck swimsuits for transgender mm. children to wear, right. you know, um, am I advocating that, right? If I'm a customer, am I complying with these values? Am I right. advocating these values? And that's why... I think, um, and I mean, here's another example. Think of Target and Disney who have openly stated their mission to reshape morality, not just to sell a bunch of products to a bunch of different consumers, but instead to actually reshape morality, to help enlighten people who are so dim-witted and uh, uh, exclusive that now they're trying to actually transform the morality. So They say that the the Bud Light (laughs) marketing executive said the you know, the quiet pout part out loud. Like she said, these people are fratty and it, we're going to grow them up. Exactly. Like, meanwhile, yep. the other people don't say it out loud, but we yep. think that that's what they're saying. Yep, exactly. And so without actually advocating, it's reasonable to say, hey, if I'm not publicly advocating for this, of course I don't agree with this morally, but is my money helping them advance their stated mission? Right. Is my money helping them to reshape the moral framework away from my own values? And that's why this is tense for us because nobody wants to advocate for values that are undermining your own or advancing away from your own values. And so clearly, clearly we start with what, what did Jesus say and what did Jesus teach about confronting unwelcomed values? And in Matthew, he gives instructions to his disciples and he says, if any household or town refuses to welcome you while you're on your missionary journey advancing the kingdom, or if they refuse to listen to your message, shake the dust of that town off your feet as you leave. Mm. And, I, and I can't help but notice he doesn't say, if they don't welcome you, boycott them. And if they don't welcome you, tear down these moral adversaries that um, that are in these towns who are resisting the moral advancement, right? You think all the way back, um, Jesus refers, he says, I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than such a town on judgment day than the ones who have rejected my own disciples, right? What is Jesus saying? He's saying, God is going to do the judging. He's going to do the reckoning. He he doesn't say this is something that you have to take ownership of and you have to organize a boycott of the people in the town who have resisted you and who did not welcome my own disciples. He goes on to say, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. So there's an identity contrast here, right? There are sheep 
and there are wolves. And he says the sheep have a dual mindset. They're shrewd and also they're harmless. So it's, there is some thought that has to go to how can I approach this shrewdly at the same time? Uh, in what ways am I going to be harmless? How should I be harmless? And then he gives us some more, more warning in verse 17. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts, and you will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings, because you are my followers. So what does he say that these disciples should do? Does he, does he advocate that they, this is an opportunity to protest these courts and protest these in, in these synagogues and protest the governors and kings? Does he say... Uh, I'm going to describe to you how to organize a boycott. Just watch me. Here we go, boys. We're going to do some boycott organizing and, and watch how this works. The, the result of their prosecution by hostile haters, he describes it this way. He said, but this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other believers about me. In other words, all of this persecution, all of these people who don't share your values and who are going to actually hand you over to the courts and flog you with whips, this will be an opportunity for you to tell people about me about jesus Hmm. so when you're persecuted in one town he says flee to the next town he doesn't say leave a wake of economic ruin for the governors and the kings and the and the merchants uh flee and keep telling everyone about jesus and i think that of course this is um this does not necessarily answer all the question relative to boycotts but it's interesting that that this is jesus's approach which is all this moral opposition gives you an opportunity to talk specifically about me. So the most significant weakness, perhaps of boycotts driven by values specific to our Christian faith is that they make morality beholden to economic power, right? It directs economic power, uh, connects directly to uh, uh, morality. And it's one thing to say to somebody, I cannot support this product because it would make me morally complicit. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think you can make a distinction between that. It's quite another to say, I'm going to refrain from patronizing your business until you practice my morality. So it's one thing to say, I'm not going to participate and be complicit. It's right. another thing to say, I'm going to avoid you until you convert, and I'm going to coerce you to now flip to my morality. And I think there's some. it's worth, uh, it's worth looking closely at that distinction. Sure. Yeah. And the former is concerned with your righteousness. But the latter is concerned with establishing public morality using economic coercion. And that's worth thinking through as a believer. You kind of say, is that what I'm after? Am I coercing the public to believe uh, and hold my moral standards? And am I going to use economic power to do that? Or am I just saying, in my conscience, I'm not going to be able to live with being complicit with this company or spending my money in this particular particular, way. I guess it's company or product or whatever, right? So how do we know when it's appropriate to use boycotts? Is there ever a time to use boycotts? Um, There is an, there is um, an assistant professor of English uh, at Oklahoma Baptist university, Alan Noble weighs on this. And he basically says that the, there is a time to use boycotts and he describes it this way. He basically says There is, but only after reasonable dialogue first. In other words, a reasonable attempt based on what Jesus has said has to be made to have dialogue about this morality, uh, whether it's privately or publicly. He says for us to have a lasting influence on society, boycott should be one of our last resorts. Christians should model public discourse and debates over morality. Our argument should be about the rightness of our cause not our ability to cripple the profits of, mm. of, of a company. So that's what he says is, is should be uh, considered before the protest is considered. How can this create a public discourse, right? right. How could this create a public civil debate among these um, people who are concerned about morality? So I think it's, I think that's like, a, I think, right. Well, the, how do you define a reasonable dialogue first in today's age? Right. I think that's a, that's a pretty hard one to get to. And I think that's what, I think what a lot of in the world of influencers in the in the world of people who've got TV shows and podcasts that everybody follows. It's, it's a, there's a, I think there might be the perception that I as the individual who is just lowly poly own white way, like I, who am I having a reasonable dialogue with in the publicly traded company of 
Anheuser-Busch, right? right? Um, probably no one. But when you you increase that to, okay, well, who is the, the chief influencer and the person who's in the media who's having these conversations and having reasonable dialogues and traveling around the world and having conversations about even just transgender, like say transgenderism and transgender rights and stuff, and human flourishing, right? Like, well, those people are having those conversations, and then those people might have been in the category of they've had a reasonable reasonable dialogue, they've built it out, they've they've done, they've talked to all the people, and now they feel compelled to organize a boycott because they've done the reasonable dialogue first. But ironically, the person is representative of most of the people who, mm. like myself, who didn't who didn't have the reasonable dialogue. Right. But we could. But I think a lot of times we project ourselves, or we say. Well, the reasonable dialogue has happened yep. because this person's been out there talking about it forever right. and ever and ever, and now that person has gotten to the point where we're boycotting, yep. and now I am just going to go on that boycott because I'm going to yep. live vicariously through their reasonable dialogue, even though I have not had yep. many of those dialogues with any of the friends that I are on my social media feed. Like, right. I haven't talked to them about my reasonable dialogue. I just know I'm boycotting because yep. everybody else is boycotting. Yeah, so you completely skip those opportunities to engage right. in that reasonable yeah. dialogue. And I assume right? that we've done it because this person I follow is doing it all right. over the place. Oh, but sure. the people that I'm friends with that see my social media feed and the people that I interact with, I haven't had a reasonable dialogue. So all those people experiences, oh, yep. you're just, boy you're jumped to boycotting. Economic yep. um, coercion, exactly. Yep. So... Uh, also, this uh, Alan Noble also mentions that, that Christians have to consider the public hypocrisy that has damaged the reputation of God's church through boycotts. And um, I mean, maybe one example is uh, the the public boycott that has been waged on what we would call liberal progressive companies for the um, elevation and implementation of DEI executives, right? right? So here these conservatives are calling for the boycott of all these, whether it's a university or a corporation that's elevating the DEI executives and agenda and training program. And then, of course, slowly it comes out that years ago, Chick-fil-A had hired their own DEI executive and had been implementing DEI uh, policies and, and ideals long ago and then bam you as a christian community or a conservative community now face the dilemma are we going to call for the boycott of chick-fil-a right and yep. uh how are christians going to um how are christians going to resist the lord's chicken you know right yeah i mean i go to popeyes it's better anyways oh <laughs> you did it so that should be a episode yeah, yeah. that should be an episode really <laughs> Yeah, but it's a, yeah, it is. A, it's at what point do you stop? You know, do you just boycott everything that you disagree right, with? Right. right. I, mean, like, I mean, or or do you just boycott the things that you uh, in in a partisan way? Right. Sure. Because if you're boycotting over the DEI stuff, you're going to stop calling for boycott because now it's Chick Fil A, for example. Sure. Or or think of the Christian communities. I know I'm a part of this, the the overall enthusiasm and high engagement with Costco, right? And then if you did any kind of research, you could discover that the Costco uh, is owned by a collection of progressive people and oftentimes advancing moral values that are opposite of what uh, right. uh, a conservative right. Christian. So there's a clash there. And so... You know, it it only makes sense that that to avoid hypocrisy, that 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 would have to include any boycott uh, right. potentially could could um, um, be aimed at right. a particular cause that and and company that you already support and participate in. So you just have to expect that if you embrace boycotts and, and you're using them to advance your cause, morality or values. Uh, your opposing forces can't be condemned for using them against you. That's another thing to consider, right? Yeah. That yeah. If you're going to vo boycott, you can't condemn other people for boycotting your causes right. and there's, your morality. Yeah. yeah, there's like big to-dos about specific states like New York who do not fund any any um, like public gatherings or like or training right. events. Like you're not going to go to a conference or training. No teachers can go to a training conference in Florida because we don't. Uh, we, because of the quote unquote don't say gay bill or something like that. Right. Exactly. It's like, okay, well states are literally boycotting other states. They will not yeah. pay for training. It's like so you're like, okay, well That's we're just incredible. we're just boycotting states, entire states because the entire I mean, 
it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting. A, it, 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 as yeah. my parents used to say, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it's it a, is a slippery slope. Uh, Alan uh, Noble goes on to say, when used sparingly with great deliberation and as a last resort, at last resort, boycotts have a place in the Christian life. So, there's an educator uh, in a in a in a college university setting, Christian college university. Yeah, but setting. we know by our statistics that he is the type of person yeah. who boycotts yeah. everything. So exactly, for, exactly. <laughs> of course, he he's guilty. Well, he's uh, profiled as guilty. Yes. Uh, so, regardless of our views on boycotts, Christians really should approach, uh, always approach these issues. I think using using wisdom, discernment, and and also love and. Um, and I would agree there with with Alan Noble. Some Christian organizations have dis- declared boycotts of companies with anti-Christian policies. Right? Christian organizations are going hard on. You think of who are they going after and who are they boycotting? Disney. Who comes to mind? Young Target. We know, right? We talked about that already. Yeah, it's like the giant. I mean, even there's people who want to boycott Apple because of their um, work practices. Yeah. Yep. Nike in China, too. And Nike. Yep. yep. And, Yep, all that kind of stuff. Star and not books. necessarily uh, anti-Christian policies, just what they would yeah. consider anti-human yeah. And Ennis Cantor is a massive yep. NBA player. Not massive NBA, but he's an NBA player who's a human rights activist yep. and atta- attacks Nike all the time, and the NBA specifically. Um, so yep. some people will boycott the NBA because of their stance with deals with China, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, and recently Christian organizations declaring uh, boycotts on uh, Starbucks, uh, or I should say Disney, and um, really those calling for the boycotts, they want to get the attention of business executives and the decision makers and to communicate that Christians will not support what they consider an immoral agenda or an ungodly agenda. And the people involved in these boycotts are also trying to be good stewards of their money. They say, why should I feed a, a company and help it stay in business knowing that it is going to use some of my money to continue to support and advance and advocate an anti-Christian or sure. an immoral agenda. And that is it's a great it, question. It's yeah. a good question. And it's understandable. Um, what is the, what is, does our Bible give us, does God reveal to us through the scriptures, our worldview on this topic? There's no direct command to boycott, uh, or not to boycott a business that I'm aware of. Right. And, um, you know, even in my own um, my own individual research, haven't really come across that. There is a couple of things, passages that may give us some guidelines. I know Paul talks in First Corinthians chapter five about being careful not to associate with sexually immoral people. Um, but we're still a part of the world, therefore we cannot disassociate ourselves from all immoral people. Um, to totally avoid all corruption, Paul says you would have to, you would need to go out of the world right. if you weren't going to associate with immoral people or immoral companies. And that's one of my things is like if I boycott this, I to be consistent, I have to boycott everything. Right. Yeah. And in, in often, oftentimes that's right. how I feel. But it's about funny. It. I mean, if you think with Paul, I mean, Paul was subject to a boycott by a <laughs> by a company in which he destroyed the business of an idol maker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly the whole they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. This guy's bad for let's business. Get rid of this let's guy. get rid of him. Let's, yeah. let's murder him. So, that is so funny. So he's the, he knows what it's like to be a to be boycotted. Maybe that's why he didn't say much yeah, about right. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so I mean, he basically is saying the only way to avoid contact with the more people is to leave the world and to apply this principle to boycott issue, which is the only way to avoid businesses that support ungodly or immoral practices, according to the Christian worldview, is to leave this world completely. The second thing he refers to is in Romans 14. One of my favorite passages, one of my, the most important things for Christians to kind of digest and come up with their own real convictions on is this whole passage in Romans chapter 14, which deals with issues that we might call gray areas, disputable matters, or different ways of describing, but they're areas that aren't necessarily described vividly as sin, um, but can be really, really offensive or destructive to someone's life or even to someone's life who is new to the faith. And there's a principle here that he says, each one should be convo- fully convinced in his own mind that whatever one does, that they should do it in honor of the Lord. Mm. And that they're doing it, giving thanks to God. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So he says, believers are to follow their conscience in these gray areas because each of us will give an account of himself to God. And there's so much richness here. We don't have time to go into this, but it's a great chapter. And he basically says, if you have a convinc- conviction against something, 
then you should avoid it as long as you're doing it to honor the Lord. Mm. And if you don't, then you don't have to worry about being condemned by other people. And these are gray areas. These aren't black and white surface sinful behaviors that are documented and and described in other parts of of, uh, our scripture. Um, So they should, we should uh, follow our conscience. And if God's word is not directly spoken on the issue, each believer kind of has the freedom to kind of seek God's desire and his will for your own life and be con now, now I should I should also say that he the only way he kind of pulls back on this is to say that if what you you decide in your own heart if your conviction kind of contributes to the stumbling of a new believer right. you should restrain yourself in that conviction for the sake of love because you love that person and he doesn't say if it should offend them it says if they should stumble them in their faith right uh, which is which is completely different so um, so I kind of think that it's reasonable to apply this matter of conscience principle to all kinds of issues, including boycott. So some Christians feel strongly about not supporting a business due to particular moral issues, and they're free to take their business elsewhere. I don't think you can, biblically, I don't think you should rule that out as an option. Other Christians may be just as concerned about the moral issues, yet not share the same conviction about boycotting. They're free not to join the boycott. The idea that we get in in the habit of judging whether or not someone is boycotting or not boycotting when it's actually a gray area or actually not specifically explicitly dealt with in scripture is really risky. It creates division. It creates all kinds of condemnation factions. And and I think it gets ugly. It's not obvious. So if you have a conscience about it and you feel like it's, it's your responsibility to resist and boycott, morally for moral reasons and you feel like you're doing it as unto god himself then i think paul says go for it and And if not i think he says you don't yeah and i think that's what makes we did some studies on i did some research on what makes an effective boycott i think this is why it's important for christians that what makes a really effective boycott is that it's it's not just a um you don't feel like you're part of a movement but it's there's a, a really deep interpersonal social pressure like um the example bud light's a good example you go to the bar and um, or you go to or go to a wedding and no one has a Bud Light can, but so you go to the bar and you're like, uh, I'm gonna get something else. I would normally just get a Bud Light, but I'm not gonna get a Bud Light because other people are gonna look at me and they're gonna just gonna. I know what they're thinking. Sure. All right. Um. Or I can't have a Target bag. If someone sees me with a Target bag, yep. they're gonna think like, oh, like, geez. And so I think when you if you were to mix that with Christianity, right, yep. you layer in the Christianity, the yep. level of you know the the already percep per, the already the clear perception that people are judging one another right. and saying oh you're wearing those pants uh, yep. oh you're wearing that shirt uh, oh you're drinking a yeah, Bud and Light Paul right? deals with that so, so yeah. in depth in exactly. Romans and he says you should not look down your nose at someone for accepting something that you condemn right yep. and, and vice versa you yep. should not condemn someone for accepting something that you don't right yep so if we're going to jump into the boycott and real, realizing what makes a really effective boycott is also some of the stuff that we want to be wary of that exactly. we don't want to impose on just a subtle perception of judgment on your right. actions because it's complicit um in a different moral framework exactly right? and, and by the way if you're going to join a boycott i th- just think there's some basic wisdom here right when you're talking about being a wise as serpents and and uh, or shrewd as a serpent and, and wise and gentle. What was it? You know, wise. I, I've said this a hundred thousand times. Uh, uh, shrewd, shrewd as a serpent and gentle as a dove. Dove. Yep, you got it. I was gonna say sheep, but no, I don't no, know. no, no, stupid sheep. Yeah, no. So, uh, just out of wisdom's sake, if you're gonna join a boycott, it just makes sense to say how far does this go? How far does this extend? What about the subsidiaries to the parent company, right? Am I breaking off and, and, and doing the research to boycott more than that? Should the vendors who sell to the boycotted company also be boycotted? How will the effectiveness of the boycott be gauged, right? Or is that even a consideration? Am I just doing it out of moral principle and I don't really have a measuring or metric sure. to say this is enough or this is, you know, we've accomplished our our goal? And what about Christians who are employed by the boycotted company? Or by Christians, I should say, what about the people who share your values? We've already talked about right. that. So some Christians, they work politically through the election process, and they're doing that to affect the incredibly important social and moral issues. Some Christians, I think, are working financially, and they're working through uh uh, financially through boycotts to advance or to resist certain moral values and others I think are working both ways the important thing is to pray 
and, and, and pray through these issues of the day. Take a biblical principled stand and then do what you can according to your own conscience in your own heart as a conviction that you've developed and be prepared for you to be condemned by other people or for you to, um, uh, I think, some somehow uh, face the uh, challenges from people who think you're going about it the wrong way. Right. And, uh, too bad for them. I think, uh, again, I think, mm-hmm. um, I think if you do this with a clear conscience, then, then you're going to be happy. Yeah. And I think the principle of, you know, boycotting is inherently what we are against. I mean, you can say it's for it. We're for this, so we're going to be against. The method of being for something is to be against something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times, I guess I always frame these, when I think about this, I frame it in the, in the realm of social media, which maybe I shouldn't, but, even, you know, you have relationships with real people, and then you have social so boycotts seen to be generated by social media pro- proclamations mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So if I'm a Christian, how much am I for all of these other right, things? How much right. is my social media feed full of all these things I'm for and all the people I'm for and all the reasonable discourse and asking questions? Yep. Or how much is it full of all the things I'm against and all the things that I'm boycotting? Mm. And um, so, yeah. No, that's good. So personal First, preference. Yeah, man. Do you boycott to boycott or not to boycott? Well, I already that know is that this is an easy one for me because I already know I'm not a big boycotter. I don't haven't really done. I don't think I've willingly participated in a public boycott. What does that What does that mean? Like you? Well, you, uh, there's a well-known organized boycott, and I have not willingly participated in no. it. Does that mean like you didn't? I still drink. I mean, when you yeah, Bud I mean, Light. when you go to the bar every night, you, you <laughs> yeah. still drink a Bud Light. Every night, I'm still ordering the Bud <laughs> yeah. Light or Michelob yeah. Ultra because it's yeah. the same company. Um, so no boycotts for you. Um, no, no. But I will say this: recently, in recent years, I think I've been more conscientious about conscient conscious about who I'm buying from, what their stated mission and values are. And it does hit me a certain way when a company expresses that they have the desire to shape values and especially values of kids. Disney's a good example. Mm -hmm. And it does generate some pause in me enough to where I think I am now critically thinking and using discernment about whether or not I'm going to consume their product. But I don't consider what I'm doing joining a boycott. I consider what I'm doing saying... In my small way, can I justify as a good steward spending my resources helping to advance this particular agenda that's been stated? Now, it also means I, I deal with the tension around what, in what ways am I spending my money and economically supporting any other, every other agenda that I just don't know about. Sure. Or I haven't done the research, diligently mm-hmm. done the research. And, and so I deal with the tension of... It's hard not. It's it's hard to be consistent. If I'm going right. to do it for one, uh, why not others? And I just think I've I've kind of come to the conclusion that if I know about it, now I'm responsible for it. Sure. Yeah. And that's the approach I've been taking. So use discernment. And if if I need to or feel like I'm compelled to avoid that product or that company, then I do. But I don't consider myself participating in a public boycott. Mm. What about you? Uh. I guess I, I guess I participate in boycotts. I'm a boycotter. I don't. I'm not on. I'm only on Twitter, and I don't tweet ever. But yeah. you know, I'm not. I'm not actively advocating for a boycott or um, inviting people to participate in it. But I'm a. I'm perfectly fine voting with my money in terms of mm-hmm. saying I'm not gonna. Sure. I'm not gonna go here. I'm not gonna go there. Um, I never. I'm not a Bud Light drinker. I don't drink Bud Light. I think. I mean, <laughs> I say it with such a disdain. I'm such yeah, a right. but um, but if I did, I probably would buy. I mean, it's I'd probably buy something else. Like Target's another one. Like I, I like. I actually like. I really like Target. I like yeah. the store. I like going in there. My mm-hmm. wife loves it. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna tell my wife. It's therapy. Tell Jules. But Target exactly. Therapy. I mean, she's like, hey, I'm just gonna need a break from my kids. I'm gonna go to Target. Right. It's like okay. I'm just gonna say no. You can't. I mean, again, that's the other thing. Is like, there's what's the alternative? Right. right? Is there an alternative out there? Um, and so. But I, I and I'm okay with the what I do for one. I don't have to do for everything else. Sure. I under I like the I'm a I like the idea of principles. But I'm like, like I'm I'm just gonna not buy my stuff here. Yeah, so inconsistency doesn't bother you there. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, to a certain degree. If I'm aware of it, and I'm just gonna right. say like, okay, I'm gonna 
make an example. I'm gonna for this one instance. I'm gonna say I'm not sure. Gonna send you. I'm not gonna give you my money. Makes sense. So, <clears throat> so I'm a, yeah. I'm a boycotter, and I'm a and, but I'm not. Again, I do not go around telling people I'm boycotting. I, I you know I'm not no a, dialogue. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I'm not like. I guess. I don't have per interpersonal interactions with people who I'm talking about the stuff I boycott. I yeah. generally I have strong, like, you know, I have strong opinions about a lot of stuff, but for the people that don't know Jesus or that I'm not really, really good friends with, I'm not having contentious arguments. Right. About Are you anyways. talking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Do you see this one soon? And if I'm and honestly, if I'm in those relationships, um, I mean, those are some of the most valuable relationships I want to continue those yeah. relationships I don't want them to I don't I found myself having to deconstruct with them like what yeah. they're being very aware of what their perception is oh yeah um, and so yep yeah. well it makes total sense so yeah boycott it up that's I like what it. I say good um, stuff and uh, everyone get your Modelo crack one open when you listen to this while you're driving or riding your bike no don't do that I don't know you're so dumb um, and uh listen see you next time thanks so much for checking out the salted podcast you can find other episodes and topics on soundcloud spotify and apple podcast make sure you click follow so you'll get notifications whenever new episodes come out thanks for listening <laughs>